What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Awaken Your Relationships. I am Julie Murphy, and I have spent over 25 years being a financial planner, knowing that we either work things out or we act it out through our money, through our health, or through our relationships. This is why Reed and I chit-chat every week, because our relationships, <laughs> they're doozy. But get on camera and talk to each other, because we work out each other's problems on camera. So if you want, if you want to see what you know, five hundred dollar coaching sessions cost that for both of us. You know what I mean? Because we coach so each other. People just need to watch these videos. You know, <laughs> powerful healing is happening on these calls. Powerful healing for us and for, for sure. everybody who watches them, because you know. <laughs> There's something, when I became a massage therapist at this great little hippie school in Chicago, it was awesome. You know, she was like a high priestess in Kabbalah <laughs> and she did acting. I mean, it, she was Chinese medicine. It was great. That's awesome. And, um, you know, you just, you learn that you need to center and relax mm. always and let yourself just calm down and learn the lessons you need to learn right. and experience the things everybody needs to experience. And when you do that, life goes very well. Well, because when you're calming your nervous system, you're in a state of neutrality. Yes. Now, why do you like the word neutrality? I think our entire system, whether it's educational system, financial system, religion systems all about pushing towards this ideal and we don't relax into life in the present moment because we're always pushing and striving for the next and in that process whether you're doing it in a so-called healthy manner or reactive manner it's all in a manner of where your nervous system is hijacked and you know, whether it's anxiety, you know, it's interesting because I would have never recognized myself years ago to be a person that had anxiety. But what I've come to realize is that my anxiety just came out in a different way. You know, one of the things that you've taught me is that, you know, we all, we have those stress coping mechanisms, right? You know, controlling and training others, people pleasing, um, you know, you shared them all with us. And we're we're not in a new piece of new in a state of neutrality if we don't get there you know i just had another client yesterday say to me well i want to get to five million dollars and then my life's gonna work out and i'm like nope you know i just wrote in my new book um which i just finished completely um the... i'm so proud oh, of you thank nice you <laughs> the fourth yeah, the four spiritual laws of money. And I wrote in there, it's about embodying real wealth. And real wealth, in my opinion, is when you're in that state of neutrality where you are content with whatever stage or whatever point you are in life, you're you're good, like you're happy. And that there's not something to strive to, there's not something to get to, to finally get to this place because that place never arise, arrives, ever. I meet multi, multi-millionaires and they will tell you they have the money and it's not what it's cracked up to be because they have regrets that they wish they didn't work more, that they would have spent more time with family, that they would have, you know, anyone who's building it. And it's not that money doesn't give you choices and it's not that it doesn't, but if you're always pushing and striving, there's, you're not in neutrality. You're not grounded. You're not, you're push, 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 and you're not enjoying the present moment. And I, I started to realize that that was the major gift I got from my childhood. We had no money. There was 11 children besides myself. So there was a dozen, 14 people living in a two bedroom or three bedroom split level, right? We didn't wow. have anything. Wow. We didn't have anything, but we had everything. And we had everything because every day, we just made the best of it. I didn't I didn't know I was lacking anything. It wasn't until I went away to college and I found that the world had more stuff and more things to strive for. And I was like, and I got on that train. 
It was about like, well, what can you get? What can you, you know, and I found out ways on how to do that. I'm a, I'm a master manifester. And, but it's, it's about like, are you happy today? Like enjoying like when that child's born, enjoying when you're stuck at home in a snowstorm because everything shut down, enjoying the fact that you got locked in your house under quarantine for a pandemic. I had a blast with my kids during that. But how many people were? I don't, I don't think many people were. I think many people like just like blew up. I, I took it as an adventure. And I realized my childhood taught me that. And I realized that we found contentment no matter what. And it's not that we didn't have goals. It's not that we didn't strive. It's not that we didn't, you know, but that wasn't, that was secondary to being happy today. And when you're not in neutrality, you can't do that because you're pulling yourself out of the present moment when you're not in neutrality. So how did your trauma impact that worldview? You know, it's when I started to go to an external referral system than an internal. Then I tried to look for validation outside of myself. It's when I started to think, you know, it's really funny. Um, I'd really pushed to get the hell out of where I grew up. Really pushed. And it wasn't as bad as I thought, right? It was just that. I wanted to explore. I wanted to, but in that process, I made something wrong and it wasn't wrong. I'll never forget when the Chicago White Sox won the World Series back in 2005. And I was at the game where they hung the banner, you know, because it'd been so long before the Chicago White Sox had won the World Series. When they hung that banner, I had this deep sense of pride, a deep, like it just, hit my core like I can't even explain because it was the first time I ever felt in my life that I was proud to be a South Sider because even in the city of Chicago like if you're from the South Side you're like on a different planet you're like you're not as good oh, as the North so Side. you were kind of yeah you were kind of dirt underneath people's feet right right yeah and I grew and up on I the wrong up. side of the tracks I, I had people tell me when I got into my business that, oh, if you live south of I-55, that's like a time warp. Those people are a little different down there. And I just didn't even tell this guy. I was like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Didn't even tell him that I was from the south side. You know, so I, that's the, I think my trauma, then all these situations I had then reinforced that the version that I was, because that's just not accepting the version of who I am, right? Because a big step in the process I work with people is accept the reality. It's acceptance of exactly who you are and love every ounce of it. And don't try to be something that you're not because you are. And you can't change that. It's about loving every ounce. But when you're not loving every ounce and accepting who you are or accepting the reality that you've created, you suffer. A lot of people don't have the courage. You know, they don't have the courage to break out of that suffering cycle. Mm. And it's not it it's not that they can't. It's that you know, if you don't know what's in front of you, you know how to manage, you know, stress. You know how to manage the ups and downs. What you don't know is what'll happen when everything falls apart. So people stay in their suffering cycle for a very long time because their body is literally compelling them to stay where they're at because they don't have enough support either from themselves or from other people right. to work through it. Right. So, you know, they come up against a wall and the busier we are and the more distracted we are, I mean, we are in some way victims to our society and our environment, right, you know, right. but every, every human being has been and their, their place in this world is to work through those natural rapids that life brings you and learn how to stay stable so that you can get to the other side of it and you can contribute to the world. So anyone's 
challenge or the things which are victimizing them are actually their greatest, the gift that will transform them. But they have to choose to not be a victim any longer. Right. So like, like it, as an example, yeah, I tell my kids like, not, yeah, if you don't know how to not. Well, so this is what I tell my children. It's so easy in what's going on in the world right now to be victim of picket masks, vaccines, closures, riots, like pick the victim you want to be, right? There's definitely a menu of choice of what you want to be a victim of today. But I would argue there's a whole other part of the menu that people aren't even looking at. Oh yeah. They're like, missing half of life. I, I, I keep telling my children when I hear the words coming out of their mouth of being a victim of whether they're kicked out of school or whatever, I go, well, there's more menu items than that. And my one daughter was like, what do you mean, mom? And I go, well, mom gets to work from home because you're working for school in the kitchen. And we have an app called Uber Eats and we can get anything we want. And she's like, oh, really? Anything? Yeah, do you remember what it was like she when was we like, were kids? And, you know, stuff like that was just amazing. You mean we we're going to order a pizza? This is amazing. You mean we we're going to go out? This is like you were living nirvana, you know, being right. able to work at home and do what you want. Freedom is the real wealth. Yes. I just literally, how, how did you know? I literally just wrote this down. That because real I'm wealth, psychic. Yeah, right. Um, freedom, uh, you know, is the key component. It's, it's this unbelievable, profound sense of freedom in embodying real wealth and real wealth in terms of um so for an example like i started to notice where where financially do we not have freedom take a guess in our relationship where, with money okay where do i not have freedom uh in my fear of not having enough right and so then we reinforce that fear by then creating credit card debt accounts or mortgages or car loans or student loans or whatever. Debt reinforces the fear of not having enough because it creates a cyclical cycle of never having enough because you're right. trapped and in the debt cycle. And it proves to us, and we, and we do it because in some way it proves to us that we do have enough. If I'm Correct. able to spend $50,000 in credit card debt, it means that I have enough and I'm okay. Right, yeah, well, you're bullshitting yourself. Right. Yeah. Of course. When it's you're really, yeah. right. When you're really victimizing yourself to, yep. to money, if you will. And mm -hmm. so if you look at a person, the day they pay off their student loans, the day they pay off their house, the day they pay off their credit cards and they don't roll a balance, whatever the debt is or their car, there is this profound sense of freedom that comes over people. And there's the smile, you cannot wash that smile off their face. And that's what I'm finding. You know, I was just, because, you know, I'm a healer type, which means they didn't teach us about money. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm working through, you know, getting really good, solid, good money habits. In fact, I'm just about to move to uh, trying to put 50% of every dollar that comes in into a separate account right away. So right. I'm working on right. that. You know, and, and so I know what that feels like as I'm paying down my debt, you know, it's a weight that's lifted. And in life, we're always carrying these unconscious worries that weigh us down and, and we can barely get off the ground. Those days, all you can do is stare at the wall. Right. You know, right. that's that depression. You know, we're always carrying that. And when you start to resolve them, like you pay off a credit card, like you get the divorce, mm -hmm. you know, we sit there and think, like with marriage, you know, there's a part of us that's been convinced that, well, marriage is just a name. It's just a term. It's just what happens. It doesn't mean anything. But in reality, marriage has a huge weight on us. And if we have, if we don't have our relationships straight, it's literally keeping us from being successful in any area of our life. Right. Right. Because and it's a weight that's killing us. And we recreate it. So this is where it ties into what you teach, why we work things out and act it out through our money, through our health and our relationships, is that when you pay off that credit card debt, your muscle memory is used to actually having the debt. So it's uncomfortable on some level to actually not have debt until you can build the cellular structure of abundance. Of and the same thing is true for the body. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the body yeah. is saying it, whether it's financially or in a relationship, mm-hmm. it's doing the exact same thing on a cellular level. Yep. It's letting go. Right. You have to let go of it. And, and so in a physical realm, we're, we're contracting when we're not in a good place, our whole body, everything is narrow. You know, right. think of, think, think of a balloon uh, in a cold, you know, outside in the cold, it shrinks, everything right. shrinks. Right. But as soon as you get into the warmth and the light and some safety and security, it expands mm-hmm. physically. People's right. weight change. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. as you've gotten calmer, you've noticed with less cortisol that you're not struggling with weight as much with things. It's true. You know, with our hearts, people are able to reverse health problems because when you're not in a place of... Like that. Yeah, exactly. Because now you're going from um, your heart having to work really hard to suddenly it's easy because mm-hmm. you're letting it go. Life becomes easy because right. you're not carrying as much weight. You're not holding on to as many things. And so you're able to expand and, and energetically outside of your body become more with the field less defined. Mm -hmm. You find more community and support, more resources show up, more opportunities. It's literally comes down to just relax. Right. Well, this is that state of neutrality, because if you can get to that state of neutrality on money, like, like people get activated with money when they think about like the next financial decision that they have to make, whether it's move to a new house or having a baby or going to a new job you activate your nervous system and then when you do that you go into anxiety and then you don't manifest exactly what you desire because you've tilted your plug-in if you will to the world it's not based on who you are in your grounded self or in a state of neutrality self you've actually done it in a way that's hijacked so it's not 100% authentically you, it's you in your reactivity. Right, it's the gas and the brake going at the same time. Well said, Mm -hmm. well said. And it's it's hard on the body, just like it would be hard on a car. It's hard, it wears it out. It can't, it can't keep doing that. It can't. Nope, it can't. And that's so true in relationships as well, right? Like you will continue to keep getting the same outcome. It was fascinating to me that after I got divorced, I'm going, oh, I thought it was all gonna go away. Nope, doesn't go away. Because then you date the next guy and the same shit comes up. Same stuff, right? Well, part of it is that there is distinct differences between men's brains and women's brains. Mm-hmm. And we are two very different sorts of thinkers. And so we think everybody's supposed to think like us, but they don't. And so every time you get into a relationship with your opposite energy, masculine or feminine, you're going to come up against all your judgmentalisms, all your fears, all your insecurities that you ran into in the past, but you didn't resolve. So now here's this person or the next person or the person after that, who's going to push your buttons because it's karmic. It's inevitable. You can't avoid it. It's you. You're the one who doesn't understand something. You're the one that's wounded. And so you're the one that needs to learn how to let go. Exactly. And then, so when you then, this is where we always talk about that. If you shift your inside, then your outside changes. So now if you're taking what you just said, internalize. So you now choose to plug in and respond to the world in a different way. That's when the outside switches. And it, it right. doesn't until you shift your insides and right. how you're choosing to plug in. And well, imagine, you know, imagine that we let, um, you know, some terrorists drive the bus of our life, you know, or we had nobody at the wheel. And so then it's, it's going all over the place. We're knocked by every single, single thing that happens to us. We go in this direction and that direction, the other direction. But when you become conscious and you take the wheel, of your life, you'll see that there are all sorts of roads you can take, all sorts of destinations, all sorts of opportunities and gas stations and restaurants and all sorts of positive things. But you have to take control. You have to take the wheel of your bus. You can't just let it roll down the street. You're going to keep getting into accidents. 
You're going right. to keep killing people and hurting people and hurting yourself. And life gets risky. Of course, you're anxious. You yeah. are not taking control of your life. Anybody who doesn't take control of their life is going to feel anxious because then you're going to be victimized by anything that comes down the pike. Right. Exactly. And, and this is where we just have to start to decide that there is a menu in life that it's not this track that it must be on, that it's, oh, I really actually want to shift this. Oh, I really actually want to change this. And oh, I'm not really sure exactly how to do it. I just know that I'm going to change it. And I'm going to choose a different option from the menu. And, and you have to retrain your nervous system to respond differently. And that takes time. You know, I keep saying to myself, I've, I've realized really strongly recently that I have shown up in every decision in my divorce process up until, you know, um, probably in the last year I've been building the muscle to not respond in fear that it's coming from a different fuel source besides fear. So it was the fear of losing my children. And that fear was being, um, uh, capitalized on, you know, whether it be the attorneys and not just even his attorney, my attorney too, because fear fuels their paycheck, right? For better, for worse. Well, and, and we live in a culture that encourages fear and anxiety because it's good for the economy on one level. Whereas when feminine energy comes to the fore, we'll realize that there's a better way in order to have energy and in order to heal the planet and heal ourselves. We don't have to keep, we don't have to keep molesting and raping the planet like we have women for so many years. Right. And, and so when we choose to have it not come from fear and come from your empowered self, and at first you're not going to know what that, what that even looks like, you know, like, I, I sit there and go, okay, I would normally respond like this. When you create enough space in your nervous system, then you sit there and go, okay, I'm not going to make this, um, I'm not going to decide like this. Now I'm, let me contemplate, like, how, how do I plug into this differently? And then when you haven't built the muscle, like I brought something um, to a friend of mine the other day where I said, okay, can you help me through this? I do not want to respond any way that I've ever responded to this before but I'm right up against where I would respond in fear normally. And I don't want to, and I won't. So right now I'm not responding at all, but yet all the same patterning is coming at me to provoke me. And I'm like going, no, that's not what I'm saying. Even the words that somebody is coming at me with, I'm like, no, 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 that is not what I said. That is not what I said. I can understand why you went there because that's been our past, which actually led to what you and I want to talk about. You, you had started saying, how do we get rid of our past, right? And not recreate it today. And so I was very conscious in terms of going, no, I, I want to come from an empowered state. And so that's where I go back into my body intelligence and say, which choice makes me feel most grounded which choice even though my head might negotiate it away and give me all the reasons why i shouldn't choose that option if i keep going back into my body and going okay where do i feel more grounded where do i feel more grounded where do i feel more grounded i'm going i am not going to trigger everything that i used to trigger because i'm just not going to go there and i'm going to trust that's i think that's a big piece find your neutrality and groundedness and then you just have to trust because when you go to that action step you've got to trust that even if you don't understand how it's all going to fall into alignment that you're just trusting that it will because the minute see, you don't trust and, right and that's the anxiety that comes up for people and so what i always suggest is that we start with small things we start with someone's driving too close behind you on the road and it makes you anxious. So then what I want you to do is I want you to breathe in for a count of three, hold for a count of three and breathe right. out for a count of six. Right, right, right. So we start with small things so that the brain can start to learn and understand that you are not helpless. It's a, right. it's a patterning. We have to re physically rewire ourselves. So many times when, um, when I teach people this stuff, 
We start with, okay, what's your level of tension? Oh, it's a seven or eight. Okay, now we're going to do this thing, this visualization or breath work or something, eating an ice cream cone, we're gonna do. And now what's your number? Oh, look at that. You did something that made you feel better. And when you do that a few times, the brain says, oh, really? And then it starts taking bigger risks. Right. And now it starts saying things because maybe they'll get away with it. And you'll start to blurt things out of your mouth that you never thought you'd say. And you just sort of wait for a beat and see how it lands. Mm. And then you say, oh, that went pretty well. Right? Because it ends up, it usually takes the other person by surprise because you've never been authentic before. You know, you've always been manipulative. You know, mo- almost everybody is because we're hiding. Yeah. You know, right. we're, we're pretending to be something else in order to create an outcome. And it's right. based on old information. Totally. You know, so it's, 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 we have to train ourselves that we are, we are powerful. Right. And that's where responding to the world from a place of empowerment means that you're showing up from a place of what's true for you in your own heart. And it's your authenticity. It's then because your life can't align with exactly what you desire if you're not showing up in exactly the version of who you are. Right. Now, what was the turning point for you? How did you go from being shut down to being the version of yourself that you prefer? Well, I knew the alternative was I was going to continue to break down my physical body. I was getting warning signs. I, you know, I was getting warning signs that my physical body was going to manifest disease. And I am conscious enough to know that when we work things out or act them out, we do it through our money, through our health or through our relationships. So if I don't address this stuff with the money or the relationships, then my body breaks down and shows up in my health. So I'm like, no, 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 I don't want my, because the best investment you have is your health. And so I'm going, yeah, no, I don't need to manifest a disease because you manifest a crisis in your life to shift. So I manifested a divorce to shift because I couldn't figure out how to shift inside the marriage and being in there. And there were lots of reasons why, right? But I couldn't, or I didn't, um, it's not that I couldn't, I didn't. And I wasn't conscious enough at the time that to me, it was just, I, I will never ever forget the day when I just kept trying to work it out, work it out, work it out. And I was going, this is not working. And it just kept escalating to a place where I was like, what, what? Like I committed to this marriage for life. Like this is what I committed to. And I'll never forget the day when he walks in the bedroom and I was getting ready for work and he goes, I think you really just want to leave me high and dry and you really just want to divorce me. It's not about me getting any help or and you know, or how it was all manifesting. And I sat on my bed and this goes back to exactly what we were talking about. I sat on my bed and when he said the word divorce, my whole body relaxed my entire body that grounded state of neutrality and i finally surrendered and i sat on my bed and i go i think you're right he was like what i go i think you're right i can't do this anymore and i just sat there and then i put my shoes on and i was like all right, well, have a good day. Like, I just was like on another planet, like, did I really just say that? Did I really just, and I drove to work that day going, holy shit, I'm getting divorced. Like, I was like, I I cannot tell you the profound sense of freedom going back to real wealth. Like at the time, I didn't really understand why I had that profound sense of freedom. I now know is because I wasn't, authentically being me and I was carrying too much stuff for too many other people and I didn't really want to do that anymore that was my traumaed self that was trying to prove that I was enough or worthy 
to fix what happened with the priest when I was younger. And it was really the fact that I just didn't want to carry anybody else's stuff. And I knew I was worthy. I knew I was enough. I knew I was loved. And it was that body intelligence of me. I'll never forget that sitting on the bed and being like, I think you're right. I think you're right. How scary. I mean, and I know in the moment you instantly regulated because when the amygdala hears the truth, it automatically calms down. You know, that's one yeah. way we deal with conflict is you speak the truth and it will calm people down. So he spoke the truth and you regulated. And right, you he, mirrored to, me. he mirrored to me, right? So we live in a holographic universe. So your outside world shows up as your insides are. So he verbalized what was actually in my inside, even when I didn't even realize that was in my inside. Yeah, because he could read your mind. You know, mm -hmm. we develop these connections with people and like it or not, we hear their thoughts. Right. You know, we just don't recognize it. We feel their feelings. We just don't recognize it. And we think it's ours. You right. know, empaths have been shorting out right and left because, you know, there's just so right. much stimulation around the world and they can't so handle true. it right now. They don't have the tools. Right. So, yeah, he read your mind. And that's why we mirror each other because. And I will tell you, know, we don't read know. My, he read my mind, not my conscious mind. Right. Your subconscious. He read my subconscious mind mm -hmm. because I was not even aware that that was even an option on mm -hmm. the other side of this all. Because to mm -hmm. me, I've always pushed to get the outcome. Like I would go through whatever I need to go through to make this work. And I was going to plow through and. Julie doesn't fail at anything. And that's actually, it was interesting. When I couldn't sign my divorce papers, I called one of my coaches and I said, there is every reason in the world. This was after I moved myself into a hotel room with my kids and all this other stuff. And I was like, why can't I sign these papers? And I realized it was because this is the one time Julie was surrendering and she wasn't pushing for an outcome. And you push for an outcome to have perceived success and not failure right and if you had all the information of god and the universe yes you would have made a different decision but you didn't you know and so that's why we have to surrender because we don't know what's going on how true is that statement right? you know we we don't know now my one of my big moments of truth was the one time i got fired and i ended up a healer because i was too scared to go back into the same industry I got fired from, <laughs> but it was, you know, one of those events, you know, where you're sitting at a table, you're taken by surprise because you're too, you know, dumb to know any better, you know, and, and they walk in and, 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 you know, they sit down and, you know, there was just all this stuff involved, but they said to me, you did this and this and this, I don't remember what it was. And immediately my brain said, no, that's not what I'm like. Not at all. And I was like, okay, I don't need these people, you know, because they clearly didn't understand what my real intention was. Mm -hmm. And, but it was, it's those little moments of understanding when we're fired, when we say we want a divorce, when we hand over the papers, right. you know, they're very meaningful. And before we got on, we were talking about um, how we've brainwashed ourselves to think that words like marriage don't really mean anything anymore, you know, divorce is everywhere and, and th that words don't have power and symbols don't have power, but they've got a lot of power, you know, and if we, if we don't recognize Yeah, it's so true that if we don't recognize how things are, I think we just lost Rita for a little bit there. But if we don't recognize what it is. Recognize that the, you know. We lost you for a little bit there. Can you oh, say that no. last part again? Sure. Yeah, you froze up. Okay, that, am you, I good You had now? said we don't recognize. Oh. Um, oh, we don't recognize how powerful words are and rituals are because, right. you know, we do these things blindly. Oh yeah, forever, mm-hmm, that's right you know, without realizing that we truly have impact. I had, I had a 350 pound Ojibwe mentor. Uh, you know, he'd yell at his dog and he'd call his grandkids names and he was well loved around the world. So totally weird, you know, but this, this mentor would always be pushing to do the thing you haven't done before. 
to go out on a limb, right. to stop doing the same things that you've done, because that's where your freedom comes. Right. And when you stop, when you stop believing that you're just going through life, not being touched by anything, you know, you're delusional. We're all connected. We're all working together. And so right, we, for the right. greater good, we have to do these different things. For the greater right. good, we have to get right. outside of our comfort zone. Otherwise, if you're staying small, you are literally being the weakest link for the world evolving. Well, and I wrote this down yesterday, and, I, and I'd like to share this because it says, who you become changes the world. It's not what you do that changes the world. It's who you become. Right. And, and it's the firing and the marriages and the big things. That's how we become. Right. right. And and I will say that um, as you were talking about the the marriage stuff, what kept coming to me is that I've come to learn that we have, consider them like staircases, if you will. We have staircases of life. So you can think of them in 15 and 20 year sleeves, if you will, or staircases. And you can evolve to the next staircase with the person that you're in in relationship or in a employer employee relationship, but you are going to shift and you are going to evolve. You know, people start dying when they stay in the same job that no longer feeds their soul anymore. People start dying when they stay in a marriage that no longer feeds their soul anymore. And so you're continuing to expand and grow in these 15 and 20 year cycles. And we've made it so that it's not okay to leave the marriage and evolve to the next place if it's not happening in your current. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of blame. There's a lot of guilt, a lot of judgment. No different than I always say in your money world, you have to remove all the shame, blame, guilt, and judgment around your money situation or else you can't evolve to the next place. And our relationships Catholic, are no different. Do you remember Catholic grandmas that you couldn't tell that you were getting divorced? Oh my you know, God. Be, yeah, because the whole world or what was wrong with me that I didn't get married by the time I was 29. Right. Like right. there was all this guilt shit about me. Right. My dad, my dad would say, Julie, what's wrong with you? Your younger brothers are getting married. I was like, it's like the movie, my big fat Greek wedding, you know, <laughs> you know, where the dad's like, what is wrong with you? You're becoming an old lady. You know, like my dad didn't say exactly that to me, but my, but there was like, and then all of a sudden then I get in relationship and I get married and then I'm like, wow, I, I negotiated myself away on so many levels because I, I, was, I thought there's something wrong that I just didn't keep being my fabulous self. So you did know? you ever get mad at your family because you felt pushed and maybe you felt like you had, you know, been pushed into a bad relationship that you, you know, I know that would have been no. the old you, but. No, I never got mad at him. I, I, to me, it was just, um, it was part of the process. You know, it was funny. Um, then I was cranking out all the kids, right? And it's like, that's what we do. And then I got really clear going, God, even having all the kids and birthing all these kids, there was still this emptiness in me because it's like becoming what was everybody else's reality because, you know, we come from a family that births a lot of babies. I still had this emptiness. It's no different than when people build up all this money and then they have a few million dollars and they have this emptiness. So for me, it was, I got into the marriage and I had all the babies and I'm still going, I didn't have real wealth because I wasn't free to be me in that whole scenario. And one of the things I have absolutely loved about divorce is the best babysitter is your ex-husband because you get to go fly around the world when you're off for five days. Like, I know that sounds absolutely terrible, but it's like when people pay off debt, they have this freedom. And I found this freedom and excitement and it was funny how I was judged for like, oh, well, mom doesn't love me anymore because she travels when we're at dad's house. Even my daughter said to me one time, well, your life's just great, mom, but we have to still keep 
you know, going between two houses. And I was just like, hey, I'm creating my life. What would you like to create in yours? And so I helped her start to create a life that she loved because regardless of having a divorce, like people are like, like if I told all of you the details of my divorce, you'd be like, I cannot believe you're not like decrepit laying in your freaking bed. Rita knows the whole story, but I, I'm certainly not going to talk about it because I don't want to bring in my present moment. But I just focused on creating what I wanted to create in this profound sense of freedom. And I found that by like, and then it was funny, then we're challenged by a pandemic. It was like, hotels are closed, airplanes, don't go on. A, I didn't care. I freaking jet-setted more than I ever have during the pandemic because airlines were cheap, hotels were cheap, and no one was doing it. And I was. <laughs> I was working from wherever. I, I, yeah. I became almost executive pro-platinum with American Airlines. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I've been coaching women for a long time. And um, one of the things... You know, all sorts of weird, creepy little things happen too. Like I'll record meditations and then they'll say right. stuff like, um, oh, I fall asleep to your voice. You know, that's a little weird. But, you know, I did do the sleep meditation. So, okay, totally on me. You know, or or husbands will say things like, oh, you smell like Rita. You know, because they'll be relaxed. You know, they'll be in a good mood. The they'll be happy. Yes, <laughs> yes. And he'll probably get laid tonight, you know, because she's in a good mood. <laughs> You know what I mean? There's this whole association. So, I mean, creepy little things like, oh, yeah, my husband said, oh, you smell like green and he got all excited. You know, okay, that's weird, but all right. Okay, but so listen, you... can, can I share Can I share a little bit more detail with that with people? Yeah, yeah. So, Rita, you said to me early on, you're like, all right, well, a bunch of your healing can come from having sex. And I'm like, I was raised Irish Catholic, right? Like, I was like, me too. Me too. I, mean, I don't really know if I want to have that conversation because that was like a taboo conversation. Like, I remember you saying that to me and I was going, yeah, okay. And then one day it hit me. I've never shared this with you. One day it hit me like a ton of bricks. Literally. The day I got, <laughs> it was like the week after my honeymoon. I came home and I was like, like, hey, this is fabulous. You know, there's that whole saying like, um, well, the bride is happy when she's walking up the aisle because she knows that's the last blowjob she's ever going to have to give because she's now bought the ranch, right? <laughs> and, and, and I sat there and I remember people saying that to me before I got married and I was like, okay. And I'm like going, to me, from a sex-like perspective, just let it grow. Let it be fun. Let it, you know, whatever. And I remember right after my honeymoon, I was just like, hey, let's go to that like lingerie store, you know, because now it was like safe. I'm married. Like, let's go explore that because I was Irish Catholic and I was so conservative. I was like, let's go to the lingerie. Let's go to Lover's Lane or whatever. And he's just like, no. And I was like, no. And he goes, yeah, you're my wife. So now you're like my Cinderella. You're not my play toy. And I was like, and I just sat there like going, is this what fucking marriage is? And I was like, hmm. Well, I can tell you, after divorce, that fun girl came back out. You know, and what I'm saying is, is that this was another way that life clamped down. And it was perceptions of, like, my perception of, you know, back then of, yeah, you're supposed to be the arm candy and you're not supposed to like, you know, have a sexual life. You're just supposed to birth babies, you know? And I was just like, mm. and I remember you telling me after my divorce, like, girl, go find your healing through this. And then I'm reading like tantric sex books and all this other stuff. And I'm like, there's a whole new world out here. And I'm like, wow. And it's so funny because you can find healing in whatever way, but it was like, like my authentic self was shut down and I birthed four babies. I did what the world wanted me to do. I did everything I was supposed to do, right? And then you, it's kind of like people come to me for permission to live the life they want to live. Like you gave me permission like to physically heal through having sex. And it was like, woohoo! You know, it's just right. funny how... We have to watch how our wiring like screws with us, right? 
Right. And it happens through our money, through our health, and through our relationships all the time. Right. And I tell people, you know, you don't, you can do the work and be miserable and fight with people, or you can go to the spa and have an ice cream bar. You know, which would you rather do? I mean, you're perfectly fine. Go fight with people or learn how to nourish yourself, nourish your spirit, take good care of yourself, be kind to yourself so that you don't have to fight. So you've got the resources to solve the problems because they're just like, they're just like whitewater rapids. You know, you're going down the stream of life. You're going to have these rapids, try to stay present, try to keep your or where it needs to be, try to keep your balance. And when you're on the other side, you're in a new, beautiful place. And you appreciate it even more because you did it. You made it through the rapids. So divorce, losing jobs, you know, all of that stuff. There are opportunities for you to love yourself enough so that you can try to enjoy the experience instead of just keep getting re-traumatized. So I'm, I don't like a lot of healers because, you know, they like hurting people. And I'm like, no, have a piece of chocolate. Would you please stop beating yourself up already? Well, and it's like, I always tell people, like I have them set up these savings accounts that are their financial intentions. And it's about the same thing. It's about the nourishing piece. I call them rewards along the way, you know, because like rewards for good behavior, like you are getting yourself in order. You are fixing your financial stuff. So you know what? You have to enjoy the process because if you enjoy the process, you are actually going to quantum leap to more of where, what you want to manifest and what you want to get to. And that's that nourishing piece. You know, it's like, be kind to yourself. Like, why not? Like, why, why not? You don't up? have to go, you don't have to go the healing route of 20 years of therapy where you relive and re experience every trauma that you had every time, you know, you got picked up late from school or whatever, or horrific things. You don't have to keep diving into that. Nobody wants to keep re suffering. You, what you're supposed to do in those moments is love yourself enough that you finally give yourself the joy and the peace and the comfort that you deserved when the original problem happens. Right. It's an opportunity to, to love on yourself. When mm-hmm. I get upset, that means I need to put on the good smelling body wash. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that I need to stare at the ground. It means that I need to smell good things and, and talk to a good friend and watch right. the squirrels for a while. Because as long as you're in that state of stress, you can't get anything else done. Everything else is going to be a lot of work. Right. Because, because you're dragging anchors behind you, you know, because right. you're trying to do the work while you're holding your breath right. at the same time. Right. It's just not possible. You have to take care and nourish yourself first, and then you have the ability to solve the problem. Right. Exactly. And so end of story is about the fact that you have this entire huge menu to life in front of you and choose every ounce of it. Don't be default into something. Don't, you know, cause life has a way of shifting you to what's for your highest and best, no matter what you'll get laid off of that job. And you can't tell me that you didn't get warning signs that you were supposed to leave that job way before that. Because the signs are all along the way. I always say one of the greatest gifts is that you're laid off from a job or fired. Because that means you're meant to go somewhere other direction. And for whatever reason, you didn't hear the messages before to be able to step into it. But now you've been put into it. No different Mm -hmm. than I was put into my divorce. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't choose it on some level. I, I called in the crisis, a big crisis. And it's not that the warning signs weren't there along the way. I, I think back, somebody asked me, when was the first time you thought maybe you made a mistake marrying him? And it was before I had children. It was within the first six months of my marriage. And I knew it on a deep level. I knew it, but both of us negotiated ourselves away for another 15 years. And we're both happier now on the other side. And it's okay that we're both happier. Like we didn't do anything wrong. We learned, 
we learn, mm -hmm. which allow you and to And on some learn. level, it was karmic. I mean, because there's so much in the universe that you can't control. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you can only control whether your genes are on or off. You can't right. control what genes you have. Totally. You, you can't control totally. the parents you're born to mm -hmm. and the issues that they have right. in your early right. environment. You know, there's there's so much you you couldn't control the fact that, you know, that you and several family members were abused when you were right. children that happened. You were helpless. And right. so, you know, we almost we almost have we only have the choice to either come to a place of acceptance or to be in a place of stress as to what's happening to us 99.9% .9 of the time. Totally. You yep. know, yep. our relationships, the other person does not change until after we've changed. And then that change in the dynamic forces totally. them to change. Totally. Rita, you're amazing. Well, I love you too. Thank you. And um, you guys, you can go to awakenyourwealthbook.com get my book for free, just pay for shipping. And Rita, how do they get a hold of you when they want to work on the relationship stuff? Um, RitaHickmanCoaching.com. And if you go to Facebook or YouTube and do a search, you'll find me. Um, sign up for my emails on my site because um, like this Sunday, we're doing a, a how to raise a heart-centered child, mm -hmm. you know, for just before Valentine's Day. And I'm going to be doing like mini workshops that are like $39 uh, for a two hour workshop where awesome. we dial into different things. So March, I was thinking of doing some healing work around money. So the workshops are actually, we do healings, you know, it's a healing and a rewiring and, a mm -hmm. um, and some information. So if, if people are interested, there are very affordable ways to start moving forward and get the information you need because it's repetition. You keep showing up, you keep listening to us, you keep thinking the same way you keep right moving forward you yep. know that's really the only way we change and i will be starting march 2nd group coaching so you can right. um coach with me um once a week with a group of people um just go to juliemurphy.com and get on my uh, email list and you will know when that registration occurs thanks awesome. everybody have a great week bye bye